You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Today we're going to get into part two. Our series is called Relentless. Somebody say Relentless. And more in particular, today I'm going to title this message, Stickatuity. Well, what is that? Let's read. Yeah, some of you are laughing because you know I like to make up words. And yes, it is true. I confess I made up another word. I'm going to, I'm going to give you what I mean about it in just a few minutes. Acts chapter 14, this is a, a message that uh, this is a portion of Scripture where, <clears throat> where Paul and Barnabas are on a missionary trip. And uh, whenever you do the work of the Lord, there's always some great challenges. Anyone who sets out to do to serve God in whatever capacity, it's never an easy task. And we read that here with Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 14. Let me read verses 21 and 22. Now, this portion I am reading from the message version. It says this, After proclaiming the message in Derby and establishing a strong core of disciples, they retraced their steps to Lystra, then Iconium, and then Antioch, putting muscle and sinew in the lives of the disciples, urging them, here we go, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit, making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. Anyone signing up for the kingdom of God has to go through plenty of hard times. Some of you know what we're talking about here, right? Let's ask the Lord's blessing on our teaching. Lord, Thank you for the privilege we have to be in your house. And as we come together, we do so in the mighty name, the wonderful name that we just sang about and sang to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As we get into the teaching of your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come alive in us and through us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Now, before we get into today's teaching, I got to give you a report. I was just so excited about what happened yesterday. Yesterday, as we were telling you, uh, many of you gave uh, some canned goods, and some of you know that we partnered with Community Bible Church. Community Bible Church provided turkeys. We provided canned goods, and together we put a bunch of boxes together. Here's a picture of us with the canned goods. I just want to say thank you. So many of you uh, gave and brought canned goods for our Eastside Outreach. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for, um, uh, for donating and uh, and I want to give you a little report because um, uh, yesterday we actually did the giveaway. We put got put together 150 boxes filled with these canned goods and some pies and some turkeys, and we blessed 150 underprivileged families there on the east side. And we had a great time yesterday. And uh, there's some pictures here. This is this is pictures from yesterday at our east side outreach. Let's go ahead and go keep on going to the next slide. Uh, that guy in the red, right from a distance, that's me speaking. I had the privilege of bringing forth the gospel message yesterday. And I got to tell you some good news because, because of what you did and help us, you helped us give away 150 boxes filled with, uh, with so much food to bless these families. Uh, we had a whole bunch of people show up. Of course, more than 150 families. But here's the good news. When we had an altar call, because we like to give them the gospel message first and then say, okay, if you want a box... For your Thanksgiving meal, you got to stick around, give them the gospel message, and 30 people came forward to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
This was yesterday. And once again, a lot of that is because many of you brought your canned goods and made it possible because that kind of drew a crowd, I'll be honest with you. I mean, when, when you're in the underprivileged part of the east side and you hey, free boxes of Thanksgiving, yeah, they, and you helped make. So what they did is they exposed themselves to the gospel message. Let's look at a few more pictures here from yesterday. Uh, there's uh, some of the, the individuals receiving their box full of goodies. That was actually good. Thank you, Brother Richie, for taking some photos. Here's a great photo of a, of a lady who was in tears because she just received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Beautiful, huh? Uh, and there's Sister Christine Gutierrez leading a lady to the Lord and just loving on her in the name of Jesus. Uh, and then also, I think the next picture, that's me. I was, um, believe it or not, God did a miracle because I led this lady to the Lord in Spanish. Now, for those of you who know me, my Spanish is really, really terrible, okay? But God, how many know God can even use someone whose Spanish is not very good? And I stumbled through it. But she gave her heart to the Lord and I prayed over her. I mean, it was a, it was a tremendous blessing yesterday. Uh, now, this right here is loading up. Uh, there's April and Reuben and Lisa Bonner. They, they were uh, loading up the, the boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Thank you again. We had 130 of you respond, and we delivered those boxes. And now they're going literally around the world to bless 130 children around the world. Thank you so much for giving to Operation Christmas Child. It's a great initiative, and many of you were just right in there and, and praise God for that. Let's give God some praise. Can we do that? Stick a two with team. What is that? As we get into part two of our series, Relentless, uh, the subtitle is The Ability to Keep On Keeping On. Well, as you know, sometimes I do like to make up some words, and I did it again because I wanted, as I was reading this story in Acts chapter 14, about how Paul and Barnabas were on a missionary journey. And as they, they were on the missionary journey, it's never easy to deal with the challenges there. Uh, on the road, in the, on the journey, doing the Lord's work. And one of the words that stuck out to me, once again, as we just read from the message version, it says, urging them, what did they do? They urged the people to stick, what they, stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit. So as I read that, I'm thinking, hey, that's, that's pretty good because, uh, you know, how can, what word can I use to describe what they're talking about here, to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit. So I said, I'll just come up with a word. Let's call it stickatuity, okay? So uh, what is my definition of stickatuity? Uh, let me give it to you. Uh, because it's not in the dictionary, so don't look for it in the dictionary. Well, you can look for it. You won't find it. So this is my definition, the relentless ability to keep on keeping on despite opposition. That's what stickatuity is, Okay. That's in my dictionary. The relentless ability to keep on keeping on despite opposition. So let's take a look at what Paul and Barnabas were talking about here in Acts chapter 14. Three lessons I want to give you. Lesson number one is this. Whenever you do the will of God, you will upset some people. Whenever you do the will of God, you will upset some people. Now, as we look at the account, we're going to go back a few verses to set up this statement in verses 21 and 22 in Acts 14. So if we go to the opening verses of Acts chapter 14, the story of Paul and Barnabas, we see in verse 1, pretty much verse 1 talks about people coming to faith in Christ. Amen? That's the good news. Verse 2 kind of says, okay, here's the bad news. 
Verse 2 says, tells us that there were naysayers who poisoned the minds of others. You know, whenever sometimes you're doing the will of God and things are going well, I mean, the enemy loves to kind of step in and try to ruin things. That's just his, that's what he does. That's, that's what he does, okay? And, and so when I read verse 2, we say, oh, those naysayers, those negative people will come in and, 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 and you know, say what they want to say. But then in verse 3 comes back some more good news. Paul and Barnabas, they perform miracles. So we see there's God at work through Paul and Barnabas, and then the negativity comes. Then they come back and they continue to do great work. And as you go through chapter 14, you're going to see just that give and take kind of deal. God is working. God uses these two missionaries, and God uses Paul and Barnabas, and then the the enemy comes. And and then we read in verse number 5 here in Acts 14, Listen to this. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. Mm. How many know that uh, whenever people are out to kill you, uh, you're in a little bit of a heap of trouble, okay? In the first service, I asked, how many of you have ever been stoned? But I, I didn't want to take it the wrong way there. But they were out to stone <laughs> Paul and Barnabas. And uh, they, they're... they're their life was at stake here. They didn't like what they were doing. So once again, you have the good things happening. People are coming to Christ. Miracles are happening. And then the bad things, okay, people are out to kill them. That just, that just kind of happens. But what was it that gave these two men, Paul and Barnabas, the ability to, to keep on going? Once again, I'm using the terminology stick But here's a relentless lesson. Instead of focusing on the problem, focus on the purpose. You see, I believe what helped them keep on keeping on, what helped them have this stick of two with tea, is uh, their knowledge that there's a purpose in there. There's a purpose in us being here. There's a purpose in us sharing the gospel. There's a purpose for us pursuing the will of God. And they were focused on the purpose, not necessarily the problem. And I think that's a great lesson that you and I need to learn. Let's take, for example, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of individuals who, who kind of had to overcome some, some challenges and, uh, in order to and just keep on going and not give up. One example is Thomas Edison. When he was a young, young boy, teachers often said that Thomas was too stupid to learn anything. In fact, he was fired from his first two jobs because his bosses felt that he was unproductive. Throughout his life, his peers thought that he would never amount to much. When he first tried to invent the light bulb, he actually failed a thousand times. Wow. You know that? In other words, okay, let's see if this works. No, it doesn't work. Okay, let's see if this works. No, that doesn't work. Let's see if this works. No, that doesn't work. Can you imagine going through that? He wanted to invent the light bulb. Did he give up? No, he kept on going again and again. Well, let's try it again. Well, let's try it again. Well, let's try it again. A thousand, finally, right about the thousandth time or so, we're told he invented the light bulb. And I'm so glad he was relentless. I'm so glad he stuck with what he was, he wanted to do because he invented the light bulb. And and that's great. But once again, he didn't get there until he made his commitment not to quit. Another example that I love is uh, our governor of Texas. His name is Greg Abbott. 
Some of you know of him. Perhaps you see him and know that he is paralyzed. He's always in a wheelchair because he's paralyzed. But what happened back in 1984, there was a tree that literally fell on Greg's, uh, on his body. And it left him paralyzed. And, um, but you know what? He didn't quit. He had a desire to serve his country. He had a desire to serve the state of Texas. And he kept on keeping on. And he didn't quit his dreams, even though he knew he would have to spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair. And not only his dreams to serve our country, but his dreams to even serve God, because this is a godly man. In fact, today, he stands strong as a pro-life advocate, believing that life happens in the womb of a woman, and he, he promotes pro-life. Amen. Exactly in, in agreement with the Word of God. Amen. But he served on the Texas Supreme Court Justice. He's also served as the longest-serving attorney general of the state of Texas. And, of course, more recently, he was voted to be the governor of the state of Texas. And I'm saying I'm so glad that Greg Abbott didn't give up. He was relentless in what he believed God has called him to, to do. The second observation as we look at Acts chapter 14 is this. stick a opens the doors to God's miracles. It opens the doors to God's miracles. So now let's pick up in verse 6. Once again, we're in Acts 14. We read once again that there was some good news. People were coming to Christ. The bad news, people were talking about him. The good news, miracles were happening. The bad news, they were out to kill him. And you go back and forth. So let's read here, beginning and picking up in verse number 6. It says, But they found out about it, and they fled to the Laconian cities of Lystra and Derby and surrounding country, I love verse 7, where they continued to preach the gospel. Did Paul and Barnabas quit preaching the gospel? They didn't quit. Verse 7 says they continued to preach the gospel. Was their life at stake? Yep, their life was at stake. Were there people after him? Yep. Were people talking about him? Yep. But did they give up? No, they did not give up. They kept on preaching the gospel. And what else happened? Miracles began to happen. And I believe these miracles began to unfold because they didn't give up. They didn't quit. So the next verse, verse 7 says, where they continued to preach the gospel. Verse 8 says this. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Wow. Miracles were happening. And I would venture to say that miracle, as well as other miracles, would not have happened if Paul and Barnabas had quit. But because they were relentless and kept on serving God, kept on preaching the gospel, and kept on telling people about the Lord, they kept on keeping on Miracles began to unfold. My friend, stick a two with T opens the doors to God's miracles. I read a story about a young lady named Madeline Stewart. And uh, she was born and still to this day has Down syndrome. But Madeline had a dream that she would be a model. And guess what? Today she is. Yeah, she had to lose 44 pounds. It was a difficult journey, but she never quit. She kept on keeping on. She was relentless in her desire. Even though there were many times she was turned down and rejected, she wasn't the right person, many agencies would say, 
because she had Down syndrome. But Madeline did reach her goal. And not too long ago, she signed a major contract for a brand manifesto representing sports clothing for women's women of all shapes and sizes. And not too long ago, she appeared at the New York Fashion Week. Her dreams came true because uh, she stuck with it. She didn't quit, even though she had Down syndrome. She has Down syndrome. Now, let me say this. What, what is your obstacle? What, what is your, your, your issue today that you need to overcome? Are you going to give up because you have to deal with a certain issue or problem in your life? Or will you be relentless and say, God, I don't care all the circumstances that are happening around me. I'm going to serve you with all that is within me. An example of stickatuity is found in John chapter 11. And I love this because this example of John chapter 11 of stickatuity actually is, gives us the example of Jesus. And it's, it leads up to a miracle. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole story because you are probably familiar with it. Jesus is ministering, and he gets word that his friend Lazarus is sick and on the verge of dying. He's in another city, the city called Bethany, and Jesus waits a couple of days until he responds and says, okay, now I'm going to go to Bethany to go see how my buddy Lazarus is doing. Jesus did not respond immediately. We wonder, why didn't he do that? Jesus, why did you wait? And so by the time he does respond, by the time Jesus does respond and he gets to Bethany, Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, says, Master, I wish you would have been here sooner. Lazarus, your friend, is dead. In most people's eyes, Jesus was late. But I think you and I know the story. Was he really late? No. Really what he wanted to do is is he wanted to take their faith to another level because they already knew him as their healer. Now they were going to know him as the resurrection and the life. But I want you to see something because because Jesus' attitude was absolutely terrific. And I want us to learn something from this because it opens the doors to miracles because Jesus didn't give up. It would have been easy for Jesus when he arrived at Bethany a couple days after he received word that Lazarus was sick, that when he arrived, he said, oh, your friend Lazarus is sick. It would have been easy for Jesus to say, okay, I'm just going to go home. Thank you. God bless you. I'm going to go home. Did Jesus give up? No, he didn't give up. Was Lazarus dead? Yeah, Lazarus was dead, but Jesus still stuck with the plan. Well, what was his plan? Well, he wanted to bring life. He wanted to bring life to not not only Lazarus, but speak life into all those people around him so that they would know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So let's pick up in verse 41. It says this. Jesus, when he arrives at the tomb, he didn't leave. He was relentless. So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now, I'm going to stop right there. How many know there's a miracle brewing, right? There's a miracle right on the verge of happening. But what does Jesus say in verse 41? He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is thanking the Father when the miracle hasn't even happened yet? That's right. I want you to get what Jesus does. He thanks the Father for the miracle that is about to happen. When normally we we get the news that, "Ah, this is tragedy in my life. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. 
I mean, you know, that's probably the, the most difficult time to say thank you, Jesus. It's the most difficult time to say thank you, Lord, because you're in the middle of a trial. You're in the middle of a challenge that, God, I don't understand why this is happening. This is, not, this is not the time for me to say thank you, Lord. Jesus just heard the words that Lazarus was dead. And he says, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you see, and I give you this principle, when you thank God, I've taught you this before and I'm going to remind you, when you thank God for what he's done, that's called gratitude. But when you thank God for what he's going to do, it's called faith. I want to say that again. When you thank God for what he's done, it's called gratitude. But when you thank God for what he's going to do, it's called faith. And I believe Jesus' faith that was initiated by his grateful heart to the Father opened up the door to this miracle of Lazarus coming back from the grave. i got to tell you something. This week all across America, people are celebrating Thanksgiving, and rightly so. But let's not reserve Thanksgiving for the fourth Thursday of November every year. We need to have a grateful heart every day. Am I right? Every day. And that means when you're going through a difficult situation, what? I have to thank God for when, when I'm in the middle of a, of a challenge, a stressful situation? Yeah, because you know what? When you thank God, when you're in the middle of your mess, you're pretty much saying, God, I have faith that you're going to get me out of this. So I may as well start thanking you now, Jesus. May as well start thanking you now. What a blessing to know that we can do exactly that. So we read what happened after that, getting back to John chapter 11, when Jesus said, uh, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Wow. See, my friend, some of you have walked into God's house today and you're dealing with an issue that's difficult. I understand. There's a challenge in your life. It could be your health. It could be a relationship. It could be your marriage. It could be your finances. Uh, It could be in ministry, whatever it is. I want you to know that this is a time to begin to thank the Lord. This is a time to begin to thank the Lord. Last of all, number three, stickituity is a spiritual measuring stick. Stickituity is a spiritual measuring stick. I'm going to read verses 21 and 22 once again from Acts 14 in the message version. And it says, as we began this message, after proclaiming the message in Derby and establishing a strong corps of disciples, they, speaking about Paul and Barnabas, retraced their steps to Lystra, then Iconium, then Antioch, putting muscle and sinew in the lives of the disciples, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. Anyone signing up for the kingdom of God has to go through plenty of hard times. My friend, it would be great for me to say, come to faith in Jesus Christ and you will never have a problem again. But that's a false statement, okay? It's a false statement. Reality is you're going to face some difficult times. But here's the catch. You're going to have Jesus with you. You're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit to help you be an overcomer. The problem with with many, many people is they don't have Jesus. So when they face a problem, when they have a circumstance, they fall apart. They don't know how to deal with it because they're handling it on their own. I'd rather handle it with the Lord on my side. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? 
God oftentimes uses difficult times as a measuring tool for our spiritual life. So what does stick a two with T measure? Yeah, when you are challenged, it measures your faith. In other words, are you going to stick with your faith? It measures your spiritual maturity. How mature am I in the Lord? Am I going to be a baby about this and kick and stream and, and, and scream and throw a tantrum to God? God, things didn't work out the way they were supposed to. Some of us lack that spiritual maturity, and we act like spiritual children, infants. Or number three, stick-a-tuity, it, uh, it measures our character. Do you have a God, godly character? And then also, number four, it measures your commitment. Are you really committed to the Lord? Because during the tough times, uh, yeah, I've, how many of you heard that statement, you know, when uh, when the tough times come, uh, or when when the tough gets going, uh, how does it go? When the yeah, when the going gets, thank you, man. Okay, I'm gonna write that that one down. Okay, when the <laughs> I knew it was there somewhere. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Thank you so much. You you know what I'm talking about. You know, our one bumper sticker says, "When the going gets tough, go shopping." I don't know if that has to do. I read that bumper sticker somewhere. Okay. Uh, I don't know if, if that helps or hurts. I don't know. But it really does test. It measures your commitment. Am I going to stick with serving God or am I going to walk away? Am I going to walk away from serving God? And today, we're, our, our, it, it's, it's tested. Every time you face a difficult situation, now, once again, as we continue to read from Acts chapter 14 and Paul and Barnabas' journey, you have the good news, the bad news, the good news, the bad news, the good news, the bad news. It's like every time God does something good, a miracle happens, the bad news comes. Oh, you're, you're, you're hunted down to be killed. Good news happens. People are coming to Christ. Amen. Bad news, people are speaking against you, and on and on. And even if you go to uh, later on in the chapter, verse 23, it tells us that Paul and Barnabas were appointed elders. Now, let me... Towards the end of the chapter, we see that God continues to bless. God continues to bless in many ways. And I believe these blessings towards the end of this whole story happens because Paul and Barnabas didn't give up. They were relentless. They had stickatuity, so to speak. They wanted to stick with what they were called to do, and that serve the Lord. So verse 23, it tells us that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders. Verse 25 it says that they preached the word. Verse 26 says that they completed the work. Verse 27, God, it says that God opened up doors for them. And all this happened because they didn't give up. They were relentless. My friend, there's so many times that you and I face difficult times in life, and you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Let's say, for example, if there's a big old mountain that I'm having to deal with, a mountain of a problem. You know what I'm talking about. You face them and I face them. I have a choice to make if I have a mountain of a problem right here. Either I'm going to overcome this mountain and go through it, or I'm going to run the other way and say, ah, lady, for that, I'm not even going to deal with that. Okay? You have a choice to make. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you walk away from that, that doesn't give you the, the power of being an overcomer. I'd rather be an overcomer. Do I hear an amen to that? I'd rather overcome this mountain of a problem 
And I like to say this, God does not give you the ability to run away. God gives you the power to overcome. Let me say that again. God does not give you the ability to run away. God gives you the power to overcome. So many people in, in life, they, they, they run away. And i got to tell you, over the years, there's been a number of people, as, as I've had the, the, the privilege of, of uh, pastoring this church, there's times that there's people that, I, that are missing church for quite a while, and so I'll, I'll give them a call. I'll give them a, hey, how you doing? I've been missing you at church. And this happens many, many times, dozens of times. Well, I've been going through these problems, and, and, and it, it could be financial. It could be, well, I lost my job. It could be, well, I'm having marital issues, and on and on. And they describe a problem, and their response has been, I just stopped going to church. I stopped serving God. And, it, and my heart breaks for that because they've chosen not to be an overcomer of this problem. They've chosen to walk away from God. And I'm saying again, God does not give you the speed to run away from him. God gives you the ability to overcome your problem. But the choice is yours. We are called to be relentless, not to give up. But the choice is yours. And today, I believe God is speaking to us. Maybe today you are in the middle of a challenging situation. Let's make wise choices. I look across this audience today, and i got to tell you, since I have the privilege of knowing most of you in this place, I see a host of overcomers. Some of you have overcome health issues. Some of you have overcome uh, the death of a loved one, and you keep on keeping on. You're relentless. You just keep on serving God no matter what happens. Maybe you've been laid off from your job, and you just keep on serving God. Maybe there's been challenges in your marriage, and you keep on serving God. You keep on going forward. Maybe there's challenges in, in life itself. You just keep on going. My friend, that is relentless. And in the end, you're going to see, just like God did for Paul and Barnabas, the hand of God upon your life. But the hand of God can't be on you if you walk away. The hand of God is going to be with you when you make a decision. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to be an overcomer. Do we have any overcomers in the house today? Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me right now? Some of you have dealt with these issues, and even you're here right now, and you're in the middle of it. I would venture to say that some of you have even gotten to the point that you um, have had thoughts of giving up. In fact, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a few moments, and Maybe we can be open and honest with the Lord. And, and maybe if you are at this, at this position to say, you know what, I, I'm struggling right now. And I have had thoughts of giving up. Would you be honest enough to raise your hand and, and just say, you know, I, I need some prayer. I've, I've had those thoughts of giving up. Right here, I'm telling you, God is with you. God is embracing you. And just keep on keeping on. Are you ready to be relentless? Thank you for every hand that is raised. And I see a couple of you who are looking for a job. And you know what? I'm praying for you guys. I'm believing for you, but don't give up. God is faithful. God is faithful. Some of you have had um, challenges in, in life. And I look over here to my left, and I see Lisa Bonnet, her and Pastor Dennis have 
been through so much, but yet they keep on serving God. Thank you, Lisa, for being a strong testimony. They keep on serving God no matter what comes against them. And today, the challenge is for you and I to keep on keeping on. First of all, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because some of you need to get that, take that first step of commitment. Well, I'm ready to commit my life to the Lord. If that is you, and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Perhaps you want to lift up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to make that commitment to serve Jesus Christ. No more playing games. I want to serve him for the rest of my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? We're not going to embarrass you. We want to encourage you. We want to encourage you to make that great decision. Others of you, you love Jesus. You serve Jesus. But you find yourself in, in trouble. You find yourself in a mess, in a challenge. And yes, you have had thoughts of giving up. I'm here to tell you, we want to embrace you. We want to pray for you. We want to, we want to believe with you because God has the final word. We're going to open up these altars. There are prayer partners to my right and to my left. And we would love the privilege of praying with you, praying over you, because we believe that um, God is right here in the midst of your challenge. If you are facing a difficult situation, I'm going to give you a little recommendation. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God today because, remember, gratitude opens up the door to miracles. But you can't give up. You've got to keep on serving God. You've got to keep on praising God. You've got to keep on thanking God. This is your opportunity.